Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me once again is my gracious co-host, Reese, uh, as you're starting to be known. Uh, yeah. How are you doing this week, Reese? You know, it's been good. It's uh, certainly been busy, um, to say the least, just been kind of that way for work, but you know, that's the way it goes. Um, the podcast is always kind of a little escape from that, if you there will, you so definitely happy to hop on here, talk a little bit of bears. Um you know, no question, at least for the Bears, the news cycle has slowed down a little bit. You know, we're kind of past the craziness of the the first real wave of free agency. But, you know, it kind of gives us a time to to recollect and, and get our thoughts in order and still watch uh, what's going on around the league. Of course, today um, there's a crazy uh, Tyreek trade. Mm. He is heading over to the Finns for a, a load of draft picks and is going to be signing a four-year, $120 million deal. So, you know, big moves are still happening. Um, you know, the Bears just aren't really a player in it, and it's not really a, a huge worry, uh, but that's just kind of the reality of the situation. I, I saw uh, his agent came out and said that the Dolphins were his first choice. Let's be honest here. The only reason he wants to go there is because he wants to live in Miami. Uh, I don't see anything all that great about that Dolphins team, especially since he's going from Patrick Mahomes to someone like Tua, who uh, I don't know about you, man, but after watching him play for a little bit, I'm just like, I'm out on him, man. And I was a big Tua yeah. truther, too. When he was coming out in the draft, I was like, man, I don't know why everyone's overlooking him. And then he gets to the NFL, and you're like, oh, damn. He just looks so limited in everything he does. It's so weird. Yeah, and it's just it's unfortunate because, um, you know, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'm not necessarily a Tua hater, um, but he certainly struggles, at least at this level, throwing the ball downfield. Um, and now he's got, you know, a deep threat in Tyreek Hill. And Jalen yeah, Waddle. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of uh, it's interesting. Um, you know, the Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and they also have Devontae Parker. What, they just got Cedric Wilson for the slot? Like, they're absolutely loaded. Um, Seriously. And, in <laughs> that wide receiver core. Um, but, you know, we'll see what Tua can do with it. The pressure is certainly going to be on. Um, I'd say it's certainly a make-or-break year for him. If he isn't able to ball out with those wide receivers and also the additions that they made along the offensive line with adding Teron Armstead, um, I believe they also picked up Connor Williams from the Dallas Cowboys as well. Oh, They've, did they? I didn't even see that. I've, I'm pretty sure they did. Uh, I, I think they really I'm... poured in a lot of money on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so... Yeah, you'd have to think that the pressure is going to be on uh, Tua to really make this season work for him. I just like I'm looking at this from both perspectives and like I hate to say it, but I kind of think that the Chiefs won the trade. Like yeah. I, I love Tyree Kill. Like I think he's one of the most unguardable people in the NFL, if not the most unguardable person. Uh, he just brings so much to the team, which I completely agree. But the Chiefs essentially got an entire second draft be from him yep. this year and like i it, it's it's interesting because it's weird because the chiefs are in a sense like in a win now but i also think that andy reed's open to understanding that like it's really difficult to win back to back and oftentimes where teams make mistakes is they try after they win a super bowl they try to sell hard into continuing run it back run it back run it back and not take any time to kind of regather picks um, and you know, Brett Veach over there is, is a really good GM as well. So he probably understands that too. So when Tyreek was saying, Hey, I want 30 million a year, like Devonte Adams, which I can't remember the number he actually got, but it's pretty close to that. It's pretty close to that 30 million a year mark. What, like 28, I think was yeah, it, what Adams got. Well, at, yeah, exactly. So it's like, they're both very close to that. Um, 
I I kind of just I think this was a move that Chiefs fans will look be like okay, in in a, in like a year or so when they have a lot more young talent on the team, um, and like I, I guess like the biggest fear I think for every NFL team that has won a Super Bowl recently should always be that you don't want to be the Seattle Seahawks and how they kind of had that end of their era where they still had like a lot of their stars on their team, but everything else was falling apart and they just got bad. And for a while they had, you know, they still had Richard Sherman. They still had, you know, um, Cam Earl, Chancellor. Earl, Earl Thomas. They, they still had like everybody there, but Bobby Wagner, who they just lost. And, and it was just like, it was just too much. Like it just, they, 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 weren't able to allocate any resources anywhere else and weren't getting the proper young talent. Um, so, you know, I think weirdly enough, I, I think the chiefs won that move. Truthfully. Yeah, I, I think they did. Um, you know, this is a draft where they can certainly reload at the wide receiver position. And, you know, for a team like the chiefs, I mean, not that there's really any receiver on their roster currently that's close to Tyreek Hill, but McCole Hardman is certainly a very solid option. Juju. We'll see how he produces with them. Um, but as you go down, they still have Travis Kelsey, so he's a, a great option. A that's star, still, yeah, yeah, still available. And then they have all these picks now in the draft where they can go ahead and if they want to double down on receivers, they can or they can take their their pick. Um, they can bundle what they have the 29th and 30 pick, 30th pick. So that if they want to trade up, they can probably make something happen without with those two picks. They give themselves a lot of options, and I think it was certainly something. Um, that would that you know even if they take a hit you know this coming year which I don't know if they necessarily will or not but you know I think that in two to three years time they could certainly be reloaded and ready to go um, and at that time too Mahomes contract isn't going to be as big on the cap so they'll probably have mm-hmm. even more space to make things happen um, so I think that you know when you look at things in the short term maybe it hurts them a little bit but midterm not even to long term I think this is a move that's going to make sense for them. Yeah, and and beyond that, like I I think it will get compared to this Devontae Adams trade, but really the Chiefs and the Packers are in two completely different spaces when it comes to, um, like their outlook over the next couple of years. With the Packers, the reason why I kind of slammed on the Devontae Adams trade, and it, the more and more it comes out, it seems like they didn't really have a choice. It seems like Devontae just kind of wanted out because he was rubbed the wrong way by the front office. And, uh, you know, he's teaming up with a good friend over there in Oakland with Derek Carr. Um, the Packers have like a two, three year window right now, max, with Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. The Patrick Mahomes is still like 25 years old. Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't need to win his next Super Bowl back to back. You know, like he, if getting these extra picks, I mean, it, they could be right back into I mean, and <laughs> saying that as if they weren't relevant this year. They were just, I would say, like, even though they were in that conference championship game, um, or they're in, the, sorry, the uh, AFC championship game, or yeah, they were in the, okay, I couldn't remember if the Bills knocked them out, but no, they were in that AFC championship game. Um, they weren't as good good as the past couple of years and i think everyone saw yeah. that like they, it was clearly like even though they were getting like they had good young talent in the draft you know they got nick bolton they got creed humphrey um and, and even though a lot of their players were still playing to the best ability there was just something that was off about it um yeah. and it, it kind of reflected on patrick mahomes i think a lot of people were placing a lot of blame on him or placing a lot of blame on the defense when really like I, it, certain things like just run dry, you know, like people started to adjust 
Um, and when people start adjusting, you, you need to kind of shift what you're doing. And another thing that I was reading online is that this could be Andy Reed kind of falling back from this idea that you need to take the top off of a defense a little bit, um, with the reemergence of like three, four years ago, we saw a lot more single high safeties, um, uh, specifically with like what we were seeing with Vic Fangio. Eddie Jackson, everyone rem- remembers that 2018 team, how much he played single deep. Um, now it's kind of re-rotating back to too high safety, kind of like what Iberflus does. Where you, shell coverage. Yeah. yeah, exactly, where you just kind of prevent the, the, the game-breaking play and you let the team take all the you know short little hits and you know let them dink and dunk their way down the field and hope that they're going to get caught on a third down or something like that. Um, so oh, it could be Andy Reid thinking ahead of the curve as well. So yeah, cool. I mean, I think that's even partially you know a reason why Tom Brady feels confident in coming back too. It just it suits his play style and where he's at mm-hmm. in the league um, right now. And you know that's what, what his the Patriots did for his entire time there. You know, <laughs> like that that was such a methodical offense. It wasn't anything like what we were seeing with Patrick Mahomes or even like uh, what we saw with Sean McVay's offenses before I was so rudely interrupted by Austin's dog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it's certainly, you know, when you look back at, you know, most of Tom Brady's offenses, of course, you know, that season where they went 17 and O and, uh, or not 17 and 0, um, 16 and 0. And then, you know, we're unbeaten up until the Super Bowl. You know, they, they took the top off with Randy Moss, but you know, most of his career was very much, you know, dink and dunk the way down the field. And, you know, yeah, if Andy Reid is pivoting to that, it'll certainly be a, a new look uh, Chiefs team for sure. I saw some person on Twitter post something that was like, if Chris Olave was drafted by the Packers, it would be the new Tom Brady, uh, Randy Moss. Uh, and I was just laughing as soon as I saw that. I was like, yeah. why are you also comparing your quarterback to like a currently playing quarterback? Yeah, I mean, like... I don't know, maybe if I'm just not quite as high on Olave as everyone else is, but I've always been the impression that on that Ohio State team I watched last year, he was the Garrett third Wilson. best receiver on the for, on the field. Oh, and uh, the the dude that's that didn't come out in the draft that went crazy in the Rose Bowl. What was his name? Uh, well, yeah, Smith and Jigba. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then Garrett Wilson, you can make the argument for. And, you know, we'll see how Marvin Harrison Jr. turns out. But, you know, maybe he'll even end up being the fourth best on that team. But, and I think the, the the bigger thing about everything that we just talked about, and, and I kind of wanted to bring this up, and we'll get into the rundown and all the Bears stuff, guys. Just hold on a minute. Have we officially hit NBA, NFL trade equivalency? Like, is the NFL starting? Like, we like it, it's so odd because, like, for a while – like I remember growing up, players would rarely get traded, period. And now yeah. players are getting traded. And then we saw like really ushering in with like the Khalil Mack. I would say like Khalil Mack, that trade kind of set like the two first round pick standard, which we almost see we've almost seen every single year since that. And it's kind of like, okay, for a while it was only bad teams trading their players. Now we just saw the Packers and the Chiefs who were really good teams last year, trade some trade their one some of their two best players. Yep. You know, it's it's getting a little crazy. And even uh, at the quarterback position, I never thought mm-hmm. that I'd see such movement um at what's become, you know, the most important position in football. Um to see players like Matt Ryan get traded. Um, you know, and to get a third round pick, which we for never that. talked about either. That, I, yeah. I love that move. We mentioned that last. I, I'm convinced the Colts that. are. Li- I'm convinced the Colts listen to this podcast, man. 
I, I mean, so. they're just like taking down notes from everything I say. Um, but Chris, yeah. Chris Ballard hates all the hate that I get. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, right. He's right. taking notes, but he's like, oh man, I hate these kids. Man. <laughs> he, yeah, he's kind of uh, he likes the pain though. You know, he uses that yeah. motivation. He, you know, he he's a, he's, a, he's he looks up to us, man. So I, I think uh, you know. Uh, he trusts us, as we yeah. saw with this last trade, and so much better for them. Now we can all pretend, stop pretending that Baker Mayfield is good. Like there's serious, yeah. there's like serious, uh, like rumors on Twitter. At least, I mean, I haven't heard anything specifically, but like on Twitter, there's a lot of rumors that Baker might just get released. Apparently, the team was asking for a pick to take on his contract. Um, hilarious. I've always called yeah. him Case Keenum 2.0, so it kind of reminds me of him quite a bit. I think one way or another, he might end up on a team like the Seahawks. Um, Vikings. I think the Vikings should be in. Oh, but they just extended Cousins, didn't they? I mean, maybe maybe there's a chance that he gets brought on as a backup somewhere, you know? I mean, that's not, entire, that's not entirely out of the question. Yeah. Um, but Carolina made it pretty clear they don't want him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but... Um, all right, guys. So let's go ahead and get into the rundown of the show, the Bears. So first off, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Bears signing a player. Uh, we'll leave that, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys speculate who wow. that is in a minute. Uh, they actually did sign him. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Ryan Bates and his official visit uh, that he just had, which concluded yesterday as of this time of recording. Um, the Bears missing out on Teron Armstead. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the approach that Ryan Poles went through uh, when build so far building this team. Uh, and then we're just going to give a little bit of insight into the remaining free agents and also the draft and, and some of the players the Bears could target in the draft. Uh, so, Reese, I mean, I know that you've wanted this move for years to happen. Uh, they finally did it. The Bears finally signed Dakota Dozier. Um, first reactions? I'm not not a completely This was your guy, moon. bro. This was your guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's my guy he's always this been my guy Reese's guy <laughs> <laughs> at least you know from what i've heard you know some of the texts that i've gotten um <laughs> you know I, the the initial reports are not amazing um, so. well you know they, they say imagine david bakhtiari but in guard form that's essentially dakota <laughs> Do- no i'm just playing yeah he um uh, He's definitely a depth piece and you could it's Ryan Poles needs to be a little more careful with his media like announcements that he's been making with the players. I love that he's doing them, but you could just see what it's like not a big signing. He just he literally just said, we're so excited to add another offensive lineman to our offensive lineman room and then thanked his agent. And I was like, bro, can't you say something good about him? He doesn't have a single positive attribute out there other than just like he's there, you know, he's going to be present. Um, he's going to be in the meetings and he's going to be contributing to those meetings uh, yeah. as a member of that offensive line room. Um, now, I can't say that like there's anything super notable for him that I'm excited to bring um, other than just some more depth to the line, which I think that, you know, we started to talk about that a little bit um, on last week's podcast. And, you know, I think it is a point that's worth bringing up um, just to to change out the depth pieces so they actually fit your system. You know, I mm-hmm. think that the bears in the past um, few years have struggled and they sometimes just patch the holes with, you know, a name or a person, uh, you know, very much. I think you can look at the Jason Peters situation. Like they needed a left tackle and they kind of just got someone that was going to fit the mold um, mm-hmm. because he played that position. So I, I think that, you know, 
I don't expect him to to make any immediate impact. <laughs> um, like you said, he is a depth piece, but you know, it, it's it'll be interesting to see how how some of these like puzzle pieces start to fit together. And I I don't think there's anything really much more to say than that. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I do like that. It seems like there is more of an emphasis to build out some of these depth pieces in free agency. And this guy has started quite a bit in his career. I mean, he started for the Vikings all of the 2020 season, I believe. Um, and, and the Vikings offensive line wasn't good, but getting just a starting count, like, I mean, I wouldn't say starting caliber, but like a guy that has a lot of starting experience and a depth role is, fringe is good. starter. Maybe. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Fringe starter, you know, someone that you're at least uh, interested in seeing if he has more in him. He is like 30 years old um, and this makes him the oldest signing, but this is definitely going to be a one-year deal. The, the terms haven't specifically been announced yet, but uh, I would almost guarantee that this is a one-year deal. And I think that's kind of where the Bears are going to be at now is not necessarily focusing so much on adding these good contracts, but more just getting a couple players to fill the gap for like some of these young players that we're going to be drafting. And so we don't need a draft out of need. Just get them on one year deals. It doesn't really matter their age. If next year they're not going to be on the books. I'm all for the one year deal. You know, I mean, the only times that it burns you is if it, if they excel um, a lot higher than expected and Mm -hmm. are going to demand a bigger wage the next year. Yeah. Um, In which that case, you made a good signing, at least initially, um, just maybe not on the right terms. But, you know, I, I couldn't say it any better myself. Uh, when you're adding in these depth pieces, there's no need to lock them down um, for any period of time longer than the year. Um, and the odds are, you know, it for Dozer, it's going to be, you know, if he plays well, he'll get another contract. I don't see him, you know, earning something spectacularly big. Um you know, they might just sign him again to another two-year contract if he gets some playing time um, and shows that he's capable of being that depth piece. Especially <laughs> at his age as well. That's another yeah. thing to consider. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on. Ryan Bates officially took his visit with the Bears. Uh, he also took uh, visits with the Patriots and Vikings before the Bears. Uh, now we're just awaiting an answer. Uh, so he's not going to be doing any more visits. Now, he is a restricted free agent from the Buffalo Bills, 25 years old, a guy that was undrafted and really made an impact on that Bills offensive line, started a lot of games. And the, from my understanding, the Bills want to keep him as well. It's just a matter of like, do they want to keep signing bigger contracts? I mean, pretty soon they're going to be in a cap crunch. So I think it's more of a cap situation type of deal rather than like not viewing him as like a meaningful piece. Um, so he, he's an offensive guard, so he would fill in perfectly. And, uh, I, I feel like if we sign him, he would do a really good job of taking over James Daniels role. Um, and I, he might, I think he fits what, uh, Eberflus and Poles want to do a little bit better. Um, I think he has a real legit chance of signing here and performing well. Uh, and I, I hope we get him. Yeah, I would definitely be a good addition at 25 and with kind of his level of experience and his athletic ability. Um, there clearly isn't really anyone out there currently that matches that. Um, I'd say that right now he's probably the best guard that's still out there available. Um, I, I think that, you know, he has, like you said, a little bit more of the dynamic offensive line play that we're expecting under poles and Eberflus, um, the ability to go out there and pull, um, the ability to, you know, 
not just be someone that's going to go ahead and, and do some zone blocking, which, you know, for Getsy, I know that, you know, that's going to be part of his, you know, scheme, um, but it's not going to be everything. I expect the the Bears offensive line, and it was made very clear by polls to, to take a jump up in athleticism. So I think that he would be a, a good piece to, to bring in to help accomplish that goal. Um, and I think that, you know, overall, would help bring some continuity to the offensive line where you don't necessarily need, you know, five star offensive linemen. Um, what you need are, are five guys that are going to stay relatively healthy, um, are, are good to very good overall and can build the chemistry together. So, you know, as long as we can keep that role and I think that, you know, the bears will have a significant step up at the offensive line, even though they didn't go out there and, and make the move to get Teron Armstead. And I think on top of this, like outside of kind of fixing up this offensive line, adding a lot of young, talented players with high upside, which if they sign Ryan Bates, the Bears will have successfully done this offseason. They do a really good job of, you know, I think we'll also draft a couple guys and just let them compete. You know, Ryan Bates doesn't need to be the official starter. I don't know what the contract number is going to be. That's really going to dictate what his position is. Um, but if it's not huge, I mean, you you kind of just you want to bring in a guy that's maybe maybe he is here for the long term, but more so like just get someone so you don't need to reach on players in the draft, you know, yeah. like a guy you feel comfortable with. You don't need to worry about Justin Fields, you know, all night with. Um, yeah, I think that'd be good. But uh, any final thoughts and, on Ryan Bates? No, I, I think that, you know, what you bring up, not specifically on the player, but on the thought um you know, right now the Bears are in a position where they'd probably have to draft a guard. Um, but, you know, when yeah. I look at the list, I mean, there certainly are some good options out there. But, you know, it, the the moments in, in the draft in which they'd have to take them, it would be more opportune and more beneficial. And there might be the best player on the board might not be in that position of need, but you still want to be able to go out there and take the best player available. So, you know, you give yourself that option when you go ahead and and get someone like Bates that can, you know, is a solid option is not old. um, But like you said, is not necessarily someone that's, you know, busting off the charts. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. The bears officially missed out on Teron Armstead. He gets a five-year deal with the Miami Dolphins, averaging $15 million per year. Uh, and I think it kind of raised a lot of questions with not only uh, the Bears, but a lot of other teams as to why so many teams brushed off Armstead and why it took him so long to sign as well. You'd think that a guy that when he's healthy is probably a top three or five offensive ta- offensive tackle, left tackle specifically, that you'd think there'd be a lot more interest there and he'd get a lot higher contract number. Um, do you think that there's something there with the injuries? Like, I almost wonder if the medical wasn't quite checking out for a lot of teams. And, and that could very well be it. I mean, with Teron Armstead, the the main, um, the key concern with him is obviously his health. I mean, that's really the main knock on him has never played a full season. And on the Bears side, I saw a Bears analyst. Only plays about 60% of games too. Right. I saw a Bears analyst hitting it home that this is why they absolutely would never pick up Tron Armstead. Why would you get someone that's over 30 that couldn't play a full season? It just doesn't fit the vision. Honestly, though, when you look at that cap number, I know five years, 75 million sounds like a lot, but 
really, especially with the guaranteed money, is not a terrible cap hit um, mm-hmm. for someone that at least when he's healthy is going to be playing, you know, at a really high level. Um, so yeah, I think that would that should have brought more teams kind of into play. Um, with that number available. And I think that, you know, the Bears didn't necessarily make a mistake. Um, I'm sure they did their due diligence, but I, I think that he certainly would have. I, I think we're all lying to ourselves if we're saying that, you know, it's absolutely like the Bears absolutely made the right move. Like, yeah, I think there's, no, a, there's I a little bit of a question mark there where it's like, well, I mean, like, are the chances he's going to play a full season? It's not super high, but to get that kind of high level play for, you know, at least 10 games in a season to give Justin Fields that kind of protection and time is something that's going to be able to tell you more about Justin Fields. You know, if we were able to get that high of a level of offensive line play, then we can really fully untap his ability. Um, but it wasn't in the cards for the Bears at the time, and I don't overall blame them. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Man, it's almost just in that range where you just kind of want to like shoot, you know, like mm-hmm. if it feels like 13 million a year. Like you're just kind of like, why? How could the Bears pass that up? But at 15, I guess you kind of get it. But that's still a pretty juicy number. Do you think Poles likes Tevin Jenkins at left tackle? No, I don't think he loves it. Um, if he does, if he does, I'm not really quite sure what he's seen to have proven that. Because for mm-hmm. me, I think that he's a very solid option at right tackle, but I, I haven't seen anything that makes me go, yeah, I think in at least like two years that he's going to be, you know, reliable at that position. Yeah. It's just hard to say because the only games he played, he were like right when he started practicing again and he said he wasn't 100% uh, yeah. from his back injury. So it's really hard to tell. I would prefer moving him over to right tackle just because I'm a big fan of the thing that Ryan Pace never loved to do, which is just playing players where they like to play, um, no way, especially on the offensive line or what they're or what they're they've <laughs> been playing. Uh, very very hot take there, but that tends to work. Everyone's got to learn how to play center at some point. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what, David Bakhtiari, we need you at center. So you're the new you're the new Green Bay center. No, <laughs> like it. I eventually, you know, with offensive line, eventually, like you do need to have players that are able to move over but they they don't need to start there you know they, they don't that doesn't need to be their full-time position um so i again i i do wonder if that's in the cards though that maybe they do feel confident with jenkins at left tackle and and maybe that's their that's their plan because i liked borum too i know he didn't have great pff grades but i thought he did really good when he was on the field and i like him at right tackle um it's just i, I feel, yeah yeah, I don't mind Borum. I think if like the best possible scenario is if you can use him as a complete luxury piece, because you know I hate to say it, but inevitably someone's going to go down on this offensive line. So it's great to have someone like Borum who's going to be able to probably fill just about every position, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at least guard or tackle. Um, it, you know, I, I've heard, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen kind of the rumors that oh, Poles doesn't really like Borum. I don't know how much I necessarily read into that or even really quite care about that. I mean, Larry Borum's going to be on this team. He's on a, a very good rookie deal, and he certainly has some value, I think. Um, He'd but, be a great depth piece. If he was our swing tackle, I'd feel amazing about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you can have Borum at swing, that's that's kind of essentially what I was trying to hit at. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, of <laughs> course, man. I'm always here for you. It's very nice of you. And that's that's why I'm the gracious co-host. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know the exact guarantees 
Armstead got. But I, I have to say, you know, Reese, you know, I always came on this podcast. I always trashed on Teron Armstead. I said, I never wanted us to sign him ever. Yeah. Uh, as classic Bears you, fans do. You know, as you, soon as you sent me, we, you sent me the text with the confetti. Afterwards. Yeah. You're like, oh, thank God. We, missed on this guy. <laughs> we, we as all Bears fans do, especially the ones that are on Twitter quite a bit. Uh, they will literally obsess over a guy, and then as soon as he gets signed, they're like, "This was probably the right move." <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? You know Again. what though? Like I want to say something though because I think this has been on my mind. I I think there's something to be said, and a lot of like these analysts talk about Bears fans this, Bears fans that. You know? Yeah. I don't get it, man. Like, why do all these analysts feel a need to like trash Bears fans? Like, I get that. Yeah. I get that the Bears fans can't make up their minds and all that. We and, are toxic, know, bro. A little bit. <laughs> but dude, we're not even like a New York fan base. And so what? We're True. a big. We're a big city that has had a trash team forever. Like, any anyone in their right mind would second guess what this organization does. Yeah. They can't do anything right. I agree. Like yeah, it's the team's fault that the fans have got to this point. If they won something every now and then, you know, the fans would probably be a little more trusting. That's so. why that's why the uh that one Bears Facebook group thing I sent you where one of the guys in the Facebook group had us trading up both of our second round picks to draft Kenny Pickett in the first round of the draft this year. Hey, you know, I mean, that's we why all, we have fans like that, man. We all live in our own world, you know, <laughs> and maybe that guy's just the biggest Kenny Pickett fan, dude. Like, true, he just he likes the small hands, past, man. He's like small hands work. Not even that small. You know that he got eighth. In, of an inch more this past week. <laughs> I know. Man must have been doing mad hand exercises. I don't know what the fuck. I'm not supposed to swear on this podcast. We're sorry, Apple Podcast. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. By the way, if you guys are listening right now, leave us a rating and review in the bottom of Apple Podcasts. We will read them off on the show. Uh, tell them that we're clean on this podcast. We need to maintain that clean rating. It's very important for our growth. Um, and like Austin said last time, if you want, you can go ahead and leave like a tag, whether that be Twitter, Instagram. We'll have, go ahead and give you the proper shout out. Go ahead and read out that review um, and leave that five out five stars. You know, I'm happy with B's, but Austin no. isn't. Apparently, oh, my God. So. If you leave a B, <laughs> don't even listen to us anymore. <laughs> Those big B's. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You need to be a five out of five. You need to be, you know, we, we, we view all of our fans as as God you know all you guys are god to us uh and 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 you should you know treat us well as well and leave us that five star rating and review um luckily we've only had one four star rating a couple one stars which you know i i think is interesting um don't know what that was about uh probably something that one of us said um but you know probably man. we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll live with based it. on our youtube comments like you know we might might be able to pick out a couple people <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, good point. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on. I kind of wanted to talk more just about the approach that Ryan Poles has been taking so far. Um, and I, I, the more I thought about it, I, I will be a hundred. I will 100% admit I did want us to make at least one or two big signings this free agency. I felt like just to like, for instance, Teron Armstead, which, yeah, by the way, if you guys didn't understand, I was joking when I said I didn't want him. I did want Teron Armstead. Uh, for the Bears. I, I thought that a, a move like that could really just help in Justin Fields' development. And it would make a lot of sense even going past this year. Um, and, and you won't regret it. I just felt like it's something that you won't regret unless he's like always, always injured, you know, like like tearing his ACL every year and you're dedicating that cap room. Uh, 
to him. But the more I thought about it recently, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? If we sold out, I think a lot of the NFL would view us more so kind of like the Jaguars where we added a lot of talent, but like at what expense, you know, kind of like the opposite of what we've been doing. And I think that there are specific downsides to this approach, this like, you know, tempered and measured approach that Ryan Poles has taken and adding specific good fits, cheap contracts, young player, high upside. I think that's all great, but there is the real downside of like, how will this impact Justin Fields development? And that was the one thing I, I couldn't wrap my mind around because it doesn't really seem like, at least as of now, we've gotten better in any position. I honestly think that the talent has been probably a wash, if not kind of like, well, not including Khalil Mack, obviously, but outside of that, I feel like it's almost been like a wash. Um, but the question is like, is that good enough to help out Justin Fields? Like, yeah, we're getting young talent, but we also need to make sure that Justin Fields developed. And I think it like the more I thought about it, I, I think that what polls is kind of betting on is that the coaching fixes all. You know, like like that, the almost like addition through subtraction of Matt Nagy. Like Matt Nagy was kind of the problem where a lot of things lie. I'm not going to say we had we didn't have talent deficits. We certainly did, but I also think that we might see an improvement in the team just because of Eberflus's coaching and putting Justin Fields in a scheme that a lot of quarterbacks have shown tremendous success in uh, with a with a bright offensive mind, Luke Getzey. Yeah, and I think that, you know, on the case of Justin Fields and then not necessarily doing more to improve the team around him, you know, specifically with wide receivers and offensive linemen not making any huge moves there, I think that's a very valid concern, you know. Um, but I think when you look at, you know, just the overall idea of, oh, why didn't the Bears make any signings, I think the most disheartening part of it is just really for Bears fans to realize just how far off this team really was. Um and at least in switching scheme too, right? yeah. both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, like changes just needed to be made. Um, you know, the overall philosophy, not only from a managing style, but also play style was basically took a 180, <laughs> you know, honestly, from this last regime to the current regime. Um, and I think it's just disheartening to Bears fans because I think there were some fans out there that thought that this team legitimately could have pieces and I think that there's a lot of fans out there that think that this season is a waste if the Bears don't make the playoffs and I think that Ryan Poles didn't view this season um as one where he's really overly um concerned with making the playoffs because I think he felt like actually making a legitimate run is not something I'm not saying that the Bears are looking the tank here like I think the Bears they could end up with a better record than they did last year. I do too. Um, and that's the weird thing about it is like this team is worse, but it's going to be younger, probably less injured. And it's going to have players that are actually going to want to play and the whole new culture and, and reason to buy in. Yeah. And really like, you know, I'm not saying that this team could get off to a hot start and all of a sudden boom, like they're, real contenders or anything but all it really takes is for like for a team that's a little bit under talented is just to get some some wins and some confidence under their belt and you know sometimes players play a little bit above their talent um you know i I think that 
you know, do I agree with everything that's been done this offseason? Um, not necessarily. Um, but I think overall, I think that it was just it was a realistic approach. And I think to some Bears fans, that just hurts, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Here's the thing, though. I was thinking I, I was thinking about more and more, too. What what do you think the chances of this team being like eight or not eight and nine or nine and eight are? Pretty high. Yeah, I mean, if Fields is good, if I, I, which I do think he is good, but if we can like protect Fields and that's the thing is like I think by the time the draft rolls around and everything like that, I think that this team will be a better team than last year, as far as even talent. Like I know we lost Allen Robinson, but like what did he even do last year? Truthfully. He did nothing essentially. Like he, you could have found a guy that was you could pay him three, four million dollars a year, and he would have done exactly what Allen Robinson what did last year for us. Um, Khalil Mack was out the entire season, almost the entire season, I should say. Um, James Akeem, Daniels, Akeem, Hicks, Akeem was out. Yeah, he was out. It, it's like we didn't while we lost. Like the only guy that we lost that was actually kind of like a starter for us was. Um, James Daniels and like a lot of people it's kind of debated how good he really was um but so by the time the draft kind of comes around I think that this team will have a good foundation of young players um and like this will 2022 season will just kind of be the brink of what this team is capable of really and if this team is eight and nine nine and eight coming out of next season dude the outlook on this team is going to be so high because not only that, but you have $145 million in cap space and a full draft ready for you. It's like that that's going to be sky high expectations. It goes from almost like a one year transformation of being the oldest team in the NFL to by the time next season rolls around, if we reach that mark, that's a huge if. But if Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey are the real deal, it's very realistic, right? By the time that season ends, man, the, the expectations for this team are going to be huge. We could sign whoever we want. And I'm not saying we should even spend all that cap in one offseason, but like you're looking at a team that is in a really good position. If Justin Fields is working out, of course, like there's a lot of ifs when it comes to this. But I believe in Justin Fields. And when you're talking about a team that's just reaching the brink of like their young talent, and then you have that much cap space and a young quarterback, that's huge. Yeah. And honestly, they really don't have any other choice than to kind of play it this way. Like if they go out and spend this offseason, like who are they kidding? Um, and you're putting even more pressure on fields to like go out and make it happen in the second year than actually look for like real development. Um, and really put things together. Whereas, like you said, you know, if we we see that that development that we want from Fields, then you go ahead, you add those pieces through the available cap that we'll have next year, which is oodles of it, and uh, make a real run for it. Then he'll still be on his rookie contract, so it makes plenty of sense. I, I think that what sucks is just having to be patient throughout this process. Yeah, you know, I agree. It's that hard pill to swallow, man. Like we did sell out in a sense with a lot of the moves that Ryan Pace made towards the end of his Bears tenure. Um, we sold out to win. And I honestly, it wasn't even necessarily the wrong idea that the 2018 team was great. If we had Justin Fields at quarterback that year going into a second year, we probably would have done even way better than we did that year. 
And maybe that saves Matt Nagy because he doesn't have to dream about the double doink kick for the next three years, which seems to be the point in which his entire coaching tenure changed. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that it's it's difficult to remain patient. But again, as you were saying, it's it was the right move. But any final thoughts on kind of this approach? No. No. Okay. All right. I like it. Concise. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit <clears throat> about some of the free agents the Bears still can pick up. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how in the beginning of the show, one-year deals at this point seem to be kind of a, a good way this Bears team can add some talent while still maintaining what they want uh, for their future, which is a young team, a healthy team, uh, a team that's built through the draft. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with the, who are some of the free agents that you think the Bears can still pick up and, and would be a good pickup? Look, just give me your, give me your first yeah. one. Yeah, well, I'll just get the one carryover that I had from last week for a player that's still available, and that's Eric Flowers, mm-hmm. guard from the Washington Commanders. So I think especially on a one-year deal, it makes sense. Um, gives you the opportunity to not have to pick that in the draft if you don't want to. Um, and also still in his 20s. So if it does work out well, um, you can go ahead and look to extend him, do something along those lines. I do think he has good qualities ability to get to the second level, pretty mobile, athletic. Um, I think he has a lot of the traits uh, that that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus want on this offensive line. Mm-hmm. All right, well, my first guy is Tavon Austin. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing, bro. Oh, hell yeah. I'm just playing. Uh, and also, I want Taylor Gabriel back, too. Yeah, to bring t- t- <laughs> what, what was his Twitter, like TG14 or something like that? Who knows, uh, man. Yeah, I'm 14 inches tall. Yeah, know. right. Um, <laughs> it, and it's also worth noting how many people in the pace Nagy era left the Bears and just did nothing afterwards. Uh, kind of shows the talent level we had on it's some of those teams. Very telling. Yeah. Um, the first guy that I have is Dwayne Brown. Uh, he's 36. He played with the Seahawks last season. Uh, he was with the Texans for a long time. Multi-year pro bowler. Um, he had a kind of close to a Pro Bowl year back in 2020. Uh, This year, he fell off a little bit, and people are concerned, obviously, with his age, of course, uh, creeping up on him. But in all seriousness, on a one-year deal, bringing in a left tackle that, uh, you know, he's it's not going to be the same as bringing in Jason Peters because Dwayne Brown clearly still has, like, some athleticism left in him. Uh, He's just at a different – he's still not at quite the stage that Jason Peters was. Um, and to get someone that had many, many Pro Bowls uh, in the past and was performing extremely well and filling in great for that Seahawks team, it seems like it, it seems like it could be a really good deal for a one-year deal. Get a, get a guy in the draft, you can develop him behind him, and then next year you can part your ways. Yeah, I think the one the one thing that fans would lace you up on is at thirty six years of age. But I think if it's a one year deal. Um, kind of just, you know, both filling a need kind of deal. I think that that, you know, overall makes sense. And, you know, if he can stay healthy, which I think he stayed fairly healthy over the majority of his career, yeah. um, then it's definitely a solid pickup. For sure. My next player is Ronald Jones, the second. Hell yeah. Uh, running back out of Tampa Bay. Um, honestly, I think this move actually makes sense for this team. Um, 
I think Ronald Jones is a very talented running back. I think he's still got juice in him, too. He has Mm -hmm. good speed. He also brings some physicality to the position as well. Um, You know, versatile can be used in the passing game as well. Um, And, uh, you know, just overall uh, brings a little bit more dynamic. Uh, You know, I think Khalil Khalil Herbert is a dynamic running back. And I think Ronald Jones um, adds a little bit more of that element to the backfield. And the mold that Poles is looking for. I mean, if you just look at the both of the, I mean, the fullback and the running back we got from the Titans, Darrington Evans, the running back, big, fast. If you look at the guys that Luke Getze was with in Green Bay, big, fast, strong. Uh, yeah, I think Ronald Jones would be a home run. And I think Even that there's for a Eberflus, you know, with uh, Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Taylor. I think that it would also, I just think it makes sense. You know, like I, I it for the price you're looking at for a running back. I mean, worst case scenario, you're paying him backup running back money, most likely. I mean, his contract estimates were like three million a year, and you're looking at a guy that has sky high potential. Things didn't quite work out there in Tampa, but um, maybe with a scheme shift in Chicago, things maybe he'll take off. And man, that dude in college was. Just incredible. Like, just an incredible running back. All right, so my next guy kind of getting back into... I need to do the whole spiel so I can sell it to Bears fans again so they're not like, why are we getting another older guy? Uh, But again, just a one-year deal. The cornerback... I think the cornerback class in this draft is very top-heavy. Once you get past, like, the second round, there's, like, in my opinion, like, nobody. You know, like yeah. I, I think it's it's really thin in the later rounds of the draft, and I don't, I don't want those top picks being dedicated to cor- a cornerback. If I'm being completely honest, and I'm not even all that high on the guys that are re- realistically like looking into the second round, with the exception of Kyer Alam, which if he falls yeah. to us, which I think he might actually, I wouldn't hate that pick. I actually really like Kyer Alam. It's funny because I was looking at it, what a lot of. Uh, people comped him as and they were saying Jalen Johnson so I was like okay it makes sense I was in love with Jalen Johnson pre-draft uh, and I can see it I think he's a little more dynamic than Jalen Johnson though um, I think he has a little more athleticism than Jalen Johnson but yeah. it's definitely that more lockdown corner not necessarily like a big interception guy um, but kind of someone that would fit perfectly in Eberflus's scheme too uh, really so yeah I, I, I think uh, again this is going to be a cornerback um, and someone that would make a lot of sense also, and I'll let you predict who it is if we signed uh, Teron Matthew, because uh, has some relationship with Teron Matthew, but it's Patrick Peterson. Oh, dude. <laughs> man, I just remember that. Reunite the LSU guys, man. He just seems so mad when he's at the Vikings. I was kind of just like, I, I would be mad if I was on the Vikings too. Would you well, know? I mean, that's a fair point. I was just kind of like laughing at him. I was like, what happened to this man? But, um, I mean, I think he still has, like, ability to play. I mean, he's clearly not, like, what he was when he came into the league with the Cardinals where he's a great return man, just yeah. a great athlete in general. Um, Hall of Famer? What? Eh, no Maybe. comment on that yet. No comment fringe, on that yet. Fringe? It's, it's tough. I mean, not first ballot. I can say that. But yeah. potentially down the line, maybe. Because um, those first, like, few years were really strong, honestly. If... That that like a little bit of tape might win me back over, but I think um, not a terrible pickup. I wouldn't hate it on a one year deal. It's tough to hate it. Um, I just wonder if there's like a more 
potential. I wonder if there's an option out there that's like has potential of like working out for longer because yeah, that that Patrick Peterson is definitely a rent a player kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, you know? for sure. So. And that's kind of the the reason why I actually even mentioned him was because of how Eberflus kind of reignited Xavier Rhodes' career yeah, that's a for good point. for a couple of years, and. I, I don't think he's interested in Xavier Rhodes anymore because he had a pretty down, pretty big down year with Indy uh, last year. Um, but dude, Xavier Rhodes was talked about as being one of the top corners in what was that twenty twenty? People were saying he's one of the top corners again, and then obviously he fell back down. But like, it, it's interesting how a scheme you can bring a guy in and you can get an extra good couple of years with him. Um, and I just like with Patrick Peterson. I know he's going to be cheap. You know, like the other guy that I was thinking of that's like another big name is like. Stefan Gilmore, but it's like I don't know the deal he's gonna get. Like, is he gonna get a big deal still? If he's not gonna get a big deal, then yeah, great pickup, obviously. But I fear that it's gonna be north of 10, 12 million. I think it's gonna be north of 14, 12 to 14 million dollars a year for his deal. And then on top of that, how many years does he want us to commit to? Do we really want to commit to a 31 year old for you know three three years? Um, probably not at the stage that this team is in. So that, that was kind of my reasoning behind it. <clears throat> but if you can find a young guy with higher potential, go for it. Like if they really see a younger guy, I'm all for adding more youth. I was just with Patrick Peterson, you know that he's going to at least be more serviceable than Kindle Vildor. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, I actually had a secondary player as well. Um, a name that you brought up last week, Jabril Peppers, um, mm. I think at that safety position, they lost Dion Bush. Um, they clearly need to rebuild that safety room a little bit. Where's he going again? I, I he went to Kansas City. That's and right. He actually, he made a very interesting tweet. He's like, Kansas City, like, what's going on? And then Tyreek Hill got traded, and he's like, he's like, we'll talk about it later. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty pretty hilarious how that worked out. I think Jabril Peppers is someone in the NFL that you know maybe hasn't fully lived up to his potential, but has. You know, been a pretty solid player. Um, is also pretty dynamic too um, when he gets the football in his hands. So. Young. It seems like he's been in the league forever, but he's only like twenty five. Yeah, he is. He is young, still very much in his twenties, and you know, still has that athletic ability with him too. And I think it's important to have that. You know, we're talking about playing too high safety. You want someone that's going to be pretty rangy, um, but at the same time, Jabril Peppers, you can feel pretty good about dropping him down in the box too. He's always been a very physical player. Um, someone that that hits hard as well. So um, I think he does bring some positive qualities that, you know, um, Eberflus and the defense would find uh, at least helpful at the very least. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would be a fan of Jabril Peppers, especially like I would be even interested to see him take some snaps at linebacker. I think it'd be int- I think it'd be interesting to see him in that kind of like a hybrid role because of just how yeah. good he is in the box and rushing rushing the quarterback, or even um, dropping him down into like a a hybrid nickel position. Yeah, I think he'd very much there. like in the college game where you drop. Uh, it's like actually a third safety instead of a instead of a third corner. Yeah, cover a tight end. I think he'd be good at yeah. you know. I think he's good at that. Um, yeah, I agree. I I think that'd be great. And I don't know. I was seeing the projections for him pretty high. I just don't think he's going to get the deal that people think he is going to. No, I don't I, think so. I think he's going to get like five, six million a year, seven million. He would have already gotten it if it was going to yeah. be as high, especially with how many good names are on that safety market still. Like, there's a lot of quality names. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next guy, uh, someone that's been rumored to the Bears already, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. This is another guy that's very... Like, I don't want the Bears to go out and, like, sign him to an insane deal. Uh, but the Bears have displayed interest in him. Um to sign him. I think he's still kind of weighing all of his options. He's taking a trip down to Kansas city too. Um, and people think he might sign there now that Tyree kill is gone. Um, but just a, like a guy that's a real true speed threat. He hasn't actualized like all of his potential yet. Um, he still drops the ball occasionally, but he, he's put up some pretty good numbers uh, and just like a, a guy that I think would fit really well with Justin Fields' skill set. Worst case scenario, like I don't think ideally you don't want him to be your like second wide receiver, but worst case scenario, uh, like he's like in the mold with like Darnell Mooney. And whenever there's a deep shot, he's down there too. I just feel like him and Darnell Mooney would be such a dangerous duo. Yeah, I don't mind the pairing. I, I feel like, you know, they've really kind of solidified that wide receiver three as with Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that this move can't happen necessarily. And like you said, there's certainly a role for him in this team still. Um, I wouldn't, like you said, I would not go for an insane deal on him. I remember 2020, he was dropping the ball so, yeah, <laughs> so much. Um, but, I mean, he's he's made improvements from that, certainly. Um, but still is a little bit of a risk for dropping the ball. But I think on the right deal, MVS certainly makes uh, a great amount of sense. And the interest has very much been there since the start of free agency. So. Big dude. And the critique with the move that I would have is like, even if we sign him, we're still going to need to get another wide receiver because we need to get guys that are like good route runners um, where instead of just like pure speed threat. And Darnell Mooney is a good route runner, but like, you, you don't want Darnell Mooney to be your wide receiver one. And in my opinion, at least, I mean, he did it all of last year and he had a great season, but still we need more. Yeah. My next player, my next two, I'm like a little iffy about, you know, I, I told Austin when he said we need to put together some of these names, it's a little bit like picking off the bone, you know, if you will. I mean, there's still a lot of quality free agents out there. Um, but at least for fitting with the Bears, I'm not 100% sure where I stand, at least on these last two. Um, but I felt like I had to throw this one in here. Arden Key. Dude, that takes me back, man. I remember when he was at he was at LSU, right? I remember yeah. Scott, I remember watching him back in, came out in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Started uh, out with the Raiders. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he started out with the Raiders. Then he, he's with the 49, he was with the 49ers. Yeah. Dude, he has high potential, man. Like, I always really liked him in the draft. He just hasn't really actualized. Had his best year last year. Really? How, Statistically. Oh, yeah, I mean, he, seven sacks, I think. Seven sacks. Another guy worth mentioning. I don't know if you'll have it, but it's Maurice Hurst, another guy that was drafted by the oh, Raiders yeah. that year. Um, I remember him. Mich- former Michigan player. Yeah, yeah. I had yep. the heart issue, and so he dropped. And people were really mad at the Raiders for drafting him because they thought that he could like die on the field. But yeah. been so good so far, and you know, another big potential guy. And honestly, a guy that's worked with uh, our current uh, defensive line coach. No. Yeah, kind of works with um he works in a 4-3, you know. Came out uh with the Raiders, he played right defensive end, I believe. So, yeah. He can do it, you know. Yeah. Uh any other reasoning behind that? They need they need some more edge players. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Um 
All right. So then my second to last guy is Anthony Hitchens with the Kansas City Chiefs. Or he was with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Poles knows him. Uh, we just need another linebacker. We we need to add to this linebacker room. I mean, who who else is on our like? Who else is our linebackers, man? <laughs> like besides <laughs> Roquan Smith, I genuinely don't know. Um, so yeah. yeah, we need to add more linebackers. I don't even think Joel Joel Ebuniwe is with us anymore. So yeah, he isn't. So. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that's honestly such a strong point. And we don't have uh damn. Who was good for us last year? Like took Ogletree? over for Trevathan. Ogletree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's gone. So yeah. Certainly need a linebacker. And I actually kinda I probably should have had one on this list. Um but I, I do think that, you know, Hansen would be a solid, solid pickup for that. At some point, like they gotta pick up someone, you know. Yeah. Like we and I really don't want to have to burn like picks in the draft for like in for these like Mike or not Mike, but the Will and Sam linebacker positions. You yeah, know? yeah. Unless it's late picks, I agree. Yeah, I mean late picks are anything goes on the late picks. You know, I mean honestly, let's be real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> man, who's your last Chuckle, guy? Chuckling a little bit, even saying this, Trey Turner. Guard from Pittsburgh, man. You, <laughs> Big you Trey know, Turner guy, huh? You know, <laughs> you know Trey it's Turner tough. Guy. You know it's tough when you're picking up <laughs> linemen from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, um, certainly need a guard. I think Trey Turner was not the weakest uh, member of that Pittsburgh Steelers line. Um, that that offensive line is not going to blow you away if you go back and watch the tape. Uh, but Trey Turner, I think he's at least athletic enough to make the moves that Poles is going to want for this offense to do. Um, and on, in all honesty, he can start in this offensive line right now. Um, that's just the truth of it. So, um, on a one-year deal, I think it would be certainly worth it to, to pour a little bit of money on Trey Turner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, I can see that you're picking at the boundaries. Uh, my final guy, I really am another old guy. So I'm 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 big into these uh, these old guys on one-year contracts here. Yeah. Uh, Jared Cook. Okay. Add another add another tight end. I like that. I like that you really like thought about real where the team's needs are right now because honestly, we need another tight end. Yeah, we need a tight end that's capable too. And the one that can catch touchdowns. I know he didn't catch that many. He was with the Chargers last year, right? Yeah, he didn't catch that. He fit in all right, you know. Yeah, and and he didn't catch all that many touchdowns with them. But the past couple years, weird guy, kind of a guy that hit his uh, prime late really late after he was with the Packers and he wasn't even drafted by the Packers. Who was he drafted by? Do you remember? Dang. I don't know. Was it, the, it wasn't the saints. Was it? Uh, no. Cause he was with the saints after the Packers. Uh, Titans. That's so weird. That's Dra- interesting. Yeah. He was with the Titans from 2009 to 2012, went to the Rams 2013, 2015 Packers, 2016, and the funny thing is they got rid of him and they needed a tight end so bad. Went to the Raiders, played pretty decent for two years, went to the Saints and went off. Caught in, in 2019, caught nine touchdowns and 700 yards. 2020, yeah. 500 yards, seven touchdowns. And then in 2021, 564 uh, yards and four touchdowns. But, dude, if you add four touchdowns, if he was on our team last year, he'd be the highest scoring pl- player besides, I think, David <laughs> Montgomery. <laughs> highest scoring receiver. Just let that soak in for a second. Right? Yeah. 
So, yeah, I, I think Nuts. But for be, a year, I, you know what? I would not mind that at all. And he was good enough on the Chargers last year. He was no Hunter Henry, but he was good enough for like. To me, that move even seems more validated than bringing in Jimmy Graham. <laughs> yeah, I agree, <laughs> you know? man. I completely agree. Listen to this. So Jared Cook came into the league 2009, had his first Pro Bowl selection in 2018, and then got another one in 2019. That is a late bloomer. For yeah, sure. nine years later, nine years into his career, first Pro Bowl. Pretty Big crazy. body guy, too, man. They could use someone like him in the red zone. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I like that pickup, man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, now let's go ahead and, and, and finish off the episode with just talking a little bit about the draft. Now, why don't you just read off your players and then I'll read through mine and we can kind of talk about uh, each of the players. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. You know what? I'm tired of hearing all the same names for the Bears, you know? I hear Chris Olave, I hear George Pickens. No. You know, the Chris Olave is like a very similar player to like Darnell Mooney. I don't know why we need another like, Darnell Mooney. Basically what you're saying, like I hear the same names all the time. Bears Twitter is fascinated with the same like five players, you know? Um <laughs> like literally. <laughs> um They watch one so highlight I, tape and they're like, Yep, I, this is my guy. <laughs> I threw I threw some I threw some some curveballs in here, you know. One I got is Darian Kennard, tackle from Kentucky. Oh yeah. I yeah. I don't think he fits the perfect mold for what Poles wants. He's bigger, but, but I like him. I like he's him. a big yeah, bigger guy. I like the tape that I saw on him. I think he's got good hand work. Um I'll get the other offensive lineman out of the way. He was last in my list because I think he's even worse of a fit for the polls, like offensive line scheme, but is a bit more of a developmental piece. Um, you know, James Daniels is gone. We got one undersized lineman in bringing Dylan Parham from uh, <laughs> Memphis, who's undersized. I think the one big critique from me on him is just his inability to pull or really quite get to the second level. Um He's good at kind of exploding out of the blocks and making the initial play. Um, but as far as kind of just pushing it downfield, not really the ultimate person went for that. Works well in zone running schemes, but I don't know how much more than that. Um, then I had Kirby Joseph, safety from Illinois. Um, kind of a late, um, really had his first year starting this past year. Got five picks. Um, a little bit more of a raw talent at the safety position. There's certainly more proven safeties out there, but I think his ability to play on the ball is really good. And those football instincts are only going to get better um, with, you know, the more and more reps that he gets. So I think he's a sneaky good player that the bears could pick up at the safety position. Um, another one, John Mechie yeah. uh, from Alabama, not exactly the huge receiver that I want the bears to get. Like, I think that's why everyone's falling in love with George Pickens. Um, John Mechie's six foot, but, Man, you really just kind of got to love that route running ability. Um, really clutch player, too. Just always seems to come down with the the big plays when you need them. Reminds me um, of Jalen Waddle. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I think he's a you know, somewhat similar player. He can be a threat deep as well. I mean, that's certainly we saw that last year. Um, you know, the ACL tear is unfortunate, but I think that, you know, for someone like Ryan Poles that maybe is viewing the 2022 season the way it is, Maybe you take a run on someone like John Mechie. Yeah. And then finally, I don't know how much we've talked about him on this podcast. I've certainly seen the name tossed around there. Um, 
once again, isn't necessarily a bigger body wide receiver that the Bears need, but Sky Moore, mm. um, I think as far as, you know, if Ryan Poles is looking for his necessarily like kind of Tariq, um, I, I think that uh, he'll, I don't want people to get confused with uh, Tariq Cohen. Um, but um, if he's looking for that style of receiver, I think Sky Moore certainly brings that. He's really fast, quick twitch guy. Um, makes it happen in the middle of the field as well, um, which I really love to see the Bears get a receiver that you know can really just carve up a defense up the middle and make the defense respect that. So, yeah, I think that you know some of these guys maybe what you consider more dark horses, not the biggest names that are popping out, but I think that each one of them potentially could bring something good to this team. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of the names you said. One one particular Sky Moore. Um, yeah, he has a real speed. Um, he reminds me in his play style a lot of Deshaun Jackson. Um, quite a bit. I'm I'm a big fan of Sky Moore. I I obviously home run kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. He's a little bit of like a one trick pony, but when you have the speed that he has, I mean that that's typically like the the tag that a lot of these speed guys will get is that they're one trick ponies, but having that elite elite speed like top of the line speed and he has good play speed too like it's not like a 40 time like it's really good play speed yeah. um like looks that, good on the tape that know? can really like for a fat like a guy that's just even just a fast guy really separate him from a lot of players um so yeah i, I would really like sky more specifically um all right, well, I'll read off mine obviously I have George Pickens, love George Pickens, Devontae Adams 2.0 uh, huge, huge fan of George Pickens. I think he's going to be amazing in the NFL. What a, what a, what a comp, dude! Right? Oh my god! Right? <laughs> Name me a better one. Well, actually, let's see. Let's see what his. Let's see what his comp is. Actually, oh, I think he got a really bad one. I hate. I hate comps, dude. I hate it. Yeah, because you the set stupidest, players up for it's the stupidest thing. You set players up for failure, and the only comp that I ever care about is the one that NFL Network puts out. Josh Reynolds, yeah, well, not a great comp, but I'm sure Devontae Adams didn't have a great comp either. Um, that's why I went in the second round. Uh, okay, after that, wide receiver Kyle Phillips from UCLA. He reminds me a lot of, like, Hunter Renfro, man. Like, yeah. he's a stud. I think he's going to be really good. And, like, some of the simulators that I've played around with have him going really late, like sixth, yeah. fifth, sixth round. I think he'll go like by the fourth round, uh, in the fourth round maybe. Um, but just a guy that first pure slot receiver, awesome. I, I think he'd be good. I mean, and once you know Byron Pringle leaves, I think he could be a a, a good player for us there. Uh, next guy, analysts are all over the place with him. Uh, Tyler Smith from Tulsa, offensive tackle. Um, yeah, big, I was looking at him. Big athletic guy. Some people think he's going in the fifth round. Some people think he's going in the first round. Like, I think he's going to end up going in the second or third round. Um, he just has so much, much potential. Talent. Yeah, so much potential. Yeah. Um, and just, like, athleticism, too. Like, he, like he's not the best technique-wise, but, like, he has everything that you want there, and you think that the athleticism will allow him to recover when he needs to recover. And... Uh, Apparently, people really like him as a person too. I haven't seen any interviews of him or anything. Well, that's like what that, counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about football? For, yeah, you know? right. Like, we got our future Walter Payton Man of the Year. Yeah, there it is. 
Uh, and then I have another offensive lineman. I'd be happy if we took two. Offensive guard Cole Strange, Strange from Chattanooga, um, who also similar mold to Tyler Smith. Big athletic guy. Uh, shows a lot of potential. Needs some technical refinement. Um, and then my final guy. I wanted to throw in a little wild card here. We mentioned it last show. Brees Hall you know, gets the comp of Matt Forte. I love Brees Hall. I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's got the size you want. He's got like a good amount of speed. Not the twitchiest, but has some twitch to him. And like he put up elite level stats. Like I know, like if you if you care at all about this um, like statistical analysis of his game, uh, NFL Next Gen stats put him at a 99 out of 100 for elite level statistical production. Um, so yeah, I, I really like Brees Hall. I like the comp to Matt Forte, even though I think it's a little off if I'm being completely honest, but I, I still like it. I think so. I think, it, I, I think they make that comp to Matt Forte though, just because of how effective he is in both phases. You know, I, yeah. I think Matt Forte was, crazy the way he was because Matt Forte was almost more dangerous on a screen pass than he Seriously. was on like any other run play. Um, and Brees Hall is really good on the run and also too just made some of his biggest plays were pass plays. Um, so, I mean, I, uh, it, it's just, it sucks to say it because it's like running back is not a true position of need, but in uh, burning is high draft picks. Is uh, it? That's the question. Like we well, saw. Well, in my opinion, in my opinion, I, I think David Montgomery should have been traded yesterday. So you're asking. Ooh, you're gonna upset a lot of people. We're gonna get a lot of four star reviews after that one, Reese. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Give just... me a fourth, and we're rolling. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I, I understand what you're saying. Like I, it isn't that like. <sighs> What are you trying to say, man? Take a side here. It's going to be hard for a lot of Bears fans to to follow, but I agree with the sentiment that I don't think David Montgomery is going to be the best fit in the new He ain't signing again next year. That's all I'm saying. I I love David Montgomery, especially as a person. He is a true leader on this team, and I think he can have a role, but I just think that we do are going to need to find a running back that fits this scheme better. And I hate when people say, oh, well, the coach is supposed to adapt the players to the scheme. Like, yeah, no question. Completely agree with that. But if you have the option to get a player that is better for the scheme or not better for the scheme, you go with a player that's better for the scheme. That's just common sense. And that's during the season, too. Yeah. You don't have to during the offseason. Exactly. That's the time where you can make those moves. Yeah, exactly. That's like for players you're already – like if it was like Justin Fields, okay, I agree with that because he's the freaking quarterback. But it's it's not. It's a running back, and running backs are expendable. And most people that pay running backs big money absolutely regret it later. Um, I just think talk, Brees talk Hall, about the Cowboys. Bre- <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, seriously. I and even like the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, man. I mean, he hasn't been healthy at all these past two nah. years. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I think that Brees Hall is that level of player where if he comes down in the third round and he's sitting there with your third round pick, you're really asking yourself, like, do you just go best player available and take him? And I, I think that's a, that's a juicy pick right there, man. Yeah, I, I mean, it would upset that, a lot of people, but yeah, it would upset a lot of people, understandably so. But man, he'd be a real nice player to bring in. So 
I, I'm I'm with you. I like it. All right, man. Well, that's all for the players that I have. Um, let's just before we end the show, what are, what are your expectations for next season, man? What what's your record p- prediction as of now? Man, to ask me before the draft, before you even selected a player. Yeah. But like you keep in mind the players that they likely will be drafting, you know, like the players that'll be available to them. I think seven and ten is pretty reasonable. Yeah. I'm gonna say seven and ten or eight or eight and nine. I think both of those are pretty solid picks with you know, I don't think nine and nine and eight is completely out of the question. I think 10 and 7 would be at like the ceiling. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, but hey, I know some people got higher expectations. Um, I'm always going to keep it um, pretty modest. You know, I've seen how this works out. <laughs> the schedule is terrible. Um, the schedule is terrible again this year. We are, we are playing like some of the worst quarterbacks in the league almost the entire season. Yeah. You're talking about Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> no. Jared Goff helps. Hopefully, Jordan Love, maybe Aaron Rodgers. It, it ain't a bare necessities podcast. We're not taking shots at Kirk Cousins or Jordan Love. Just, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm tired of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of, of Vikings fans uh, always convincing themselves of him every single year. It's like honestly, on paper, the Vikings should be a great team. Well, okay. Sometimes their depth is lacking, but you look at the star players and you're like, wow, this team should really achieve more than it should. And yeah, man, it, uh, they never do. So, well, man, uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys for joining us again. Sorry that there wasn't more news this week. Uh, we hope you still enjoyed it though. I mean, I think there, we did a good job getting through the episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, And hopefully there's more news by next week too. Uh, I'm really hoping that, you know, we at least get Ryan Bates. Maybe we'll have to do an emergency podcast for when we sign Ryan Bates. Yeah, wow. Right? Yeah. Well, that tells you how this offseason's been. Exactly, man. All right, guys. But thank you so much and bear down. Bear down.